for me, it's literally the one escape because I work, I will get, I'm obsessed with work. It will consume everything I'm doing and having one outlet of, okay, I, I need to go for an hour, hour and a half for a run. Like that escape valve has now at this point is just baked in. Like I, I, you don't want to be around me if I'm not running. It's just such a core part of my mental well-being. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running can help us with leading, connecting with people, and generally being better in business. We also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay, and today I'm joined by the founder of a company who believes what you put in your body today is the foundation for who you become tomorrow. That's the reasoning behind his company, Health via Modern Nutrition, which makes ketone energy drinks. He has a passion for running, completing the marathon distance with a personal record of 2 hours and 42 minutes. Michael Brandt, welcome to Run the Business. And it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on and looking forward to a great conversation today. And how are you today, Michael? How's the day going? Going well. Got a nice run this morning. I live in Los Angeles, California in the hilly part and got a nice hilly run on the trails this morning so so you're feeling good that's fantastic good day so far now to begin with tell us a little bit about your business hvmn and and, and what it does and and for anybody who doesn't know uh what what's a ketone energy drink ketone is a super fuel your body makes ketones so you may have heard of ketones already because whenever you're low blood sugar your body makes ketones that's why a low carb diet is also known as a ketogenic diet when you're fasting or starving, your blood sugar goes low and you make ketones. When you're doing endurance sports, you run low on blood sugar and your body makes ketones. This is not new. So this has been known for 100 plus years that low blood sugar makes your body make ketones. And it's been known that ketones themselves are a really efficient fuel source. Low oxidative stress turn into energy in your mitochondria using less oxygen than sugar. So ketones are a super fuel. Our innovation here is figuring out how to make 10 grams of pure ketones in a bottle so that you can have that fuel on demand and you can stack it on top of the nutrition regimen that you are already doing. Our genesis on this, I'm obviously into the sport, big, big amateur runner myself, and have been interested in endurance performance, biohacking in general for a decade and spotted this idea around ketones and saw that a lot of people were doing the things I mentioned, a you know, low carbohydrate diet, fasting to get their ketone levels up and ask the kind of, you know, what maybe a, a fifth grader might ask of like, hey, if ketones are so cool, like why can't I go to the store and buy a ketone? And pulling at that string has led on a really interesting adventure. In 2019, we got a $6 million grant from the United States Department of Defense Special Operations Command to research into ketones as a super fuel. We've evolved our technology, our supply chain over the last several years. And our product is called Ketone IQ. And you can find us online. We sell it on our website, hvmn.com, where we just launched with a partner over there. I'm not sure if you've heard of called Health, H-E-A-L-F in the UK. And yeah, it's it's been fun. We're continuing to work on the technology as well as continuing to get the product out there. So how did you know, this, this business journey begin for you. So, uh, you know, you, you talked about how you spotted this opportunity. What were you doing before? You know, what, how, how did you become an entrepreneur or a leader? Tell us a little bit about that. I studied computer science at Stanford and have always been into 
technology. And what became obvious to me was that the human body is the next platform for innovation. When you look at the proliferation of sensors, hardware, devices on or in our body that are able to tell us our heart rate, our heart rate variability, our sleep score, our blood glucose, there's all of this data that's now available where we used to be driving blind or you would go to your doctor once a year and get some indication, but now you're able to on the go, have all this wealth of information at your fingertips. And it follows from there that people then are curious about, okay, how do I affect my outputs then? Like what, what inputs are driving optimal outputs? So myself, I started going down this path of biohacking and seeing what can I do to optimize these different factors. So I, I got into endurance running personally, ran my first half marathon, fell in love with it, just really liked where, how it felt personally. And I liked just the, the data aspect of it as well, like tracking and seeing how, Hey, look, like if you constrain your heart rate, when you go on runs, then you actually get really good fitness from the run without introducing a lot of fatigue. And if you stack a lot of runs like that, it's, it's really good marathon training, but Oh wait, make sure to put in some sprinty days and make sure to, Oh, on some days, go on a run in a fasted state. So you really train your body to be in a low glucose state. So looking through this lens of biohacker, looking at your human body as a piece of technology, seeing this larger trend just going on ma macro in the world of the body as a platform for innovation, that was all really exciting to me and got together with my co-founder and started building a team and started attacking the space and looking for in, com in computer science and in entrepreneurship in general, I would say, especially in Silicon Valley, you're always trying to go as far up the stack as possible. Like you're trying to introduce something that's a, like a, a primitive. You're trying to introduce something that is going to be fundamentally useful. You don't want to introduce something that is only valuable at the fringes. And that's where ketones got really interesting because 8 billion people are doing metabolism all the time. And ketones are really a fundamental metabolite that your body already makes. And so as opposed to something that is way more out on the fringes. Like there's a lot, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways to make a, a company. You can make a new flavor of carb goo yep. gel yep. sachet, right? Like there's a lot of types of innovation that you could do, but a lot of that is more at the fringe. We're looking for, okay, what is next? Like tree trunk, primitive, really core innovation that the space needs. And it's, I, I'm putting together, you know, many years of the, the drunken walk of the entrepreneur, so to speak, and happy to dive into it. But it became very obvious that, that ketones were super interesting and we've been cracking at it for several years now. And your, uh, you know, your experience in computer science and design, I'm guessing, I mean, you kind of touched upon it there, critical for the thinking that the processes that, that, you know, got you to this point, if, if that makes sense. Certainly. The way I think about it is that everything in the world is logical relationships. You could be studying chemistry, you could be studying anatomy, you could be studying abstract geometry, everything is relationships, right? A causes B, A is a part of B, A, B, and C cause D. Like everything is logical relationships. And what you get with uh, engineering background, and especially with computer science, is really good sense of logical relationships and how component pieces need to flow together for an overall system to work. So that applies to when you're looking at metabolism, the Krebs cycle, that's just a system. When you're thinking about how you're building out your organizational chart as a business, that's another system. When you're thinking about your supply chain, that's another system. And so having the 
ability to think in terms of abstractions, think in terms of systems design has been super helpful. And then one, one of the important things we've done along the way is hire actual subject matter experts. So like our VP of product innovation has a master's degree from MIT in chemical engineering. Our research lead has a PhD from Oxford in cardiac metabolism and is subject matter expert on ketones. So like, I, I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. Like the, I think the best thing that I've been able to do is like see the system for what it is and see what we need and then hire people way smarter than me and more qualified to do the actual component parts of the overall work here. Uh, if we can just pause on that side of your life for a second, we're going to come back to it. I, I kind of want to just go over to the running side and just talk a little bit more to, to connect these two parts of your life together. And you kind of, slipped in how you got sort of got hooked into into running and that 242 marathon is, pr is pretty impressive so take me through your initial part of your journey into discovering running and and how you yeah you did it but also how you then started to feel you mentioned that the experience that how it made you feel was was great so tell me a little bit more about that side i was always around running played soccer football in high school on varsity team captain was always active and doing sports that were around it. And it was something I would do as a supporting activity. And then in college, I set a personal goal. I wanted to crack a five minute mile. And that's you know, not bringing anyone to the Olympics or a national champion or anywhere close, but it was an important personal goal. And one of my good friends in college was on the Stanford track and field team, which is one of the top in the nation. And he lent me a lot of expertise and it was really fun. I spent you know a few months and it just you know started getting to actual running every day and seeing what that was like and seeing the way that my body changed. And it was cool because I, I went into it thinking, okay, let me run a five minute mile and let, let me put in the work and, and do what it takes. And I felt like I changed in some fundamental ways. Like I became a runner wasn't possible to run for me at that speed required without becoming a different kind of person physically and mentally. I, I became a runner. I had to fall in love with the miles, fall in love with the distance, fall in love with the flow. Like it was, for me, it was an amount of volume and dedication that I couldn't just brute force. I needed to become a runner and get lost in it. And then I liked the way that it felt. I liked the way that my body felt tighter, more capable. I felt like I could breathe better. I felt like I was just happier throughout the day. And that was, that was the first time I would say I really got hooked on running was running this five minute mile in college and then put it away for a little while and, you know, got, got back to studies and, you know, kept it taking over, but wasn't, wasn't obsessed with running until then a few years after college, things started coming together with my personal interest in biohacking was looking at different nootropics, was doing some extended fasting, was really interested in longevity and performance in general, and then started seeing that, hey, endurance sports are one of the few proven ways to extend longevity that's, that's proven to the degree of significance that it is, and started getting into that, ran a half marathon, did some training around that, and then... It, it just flowed from there. Once I ran the half marathon, I, I felt immediately back in how I had felt in my earlier college days when I trained for that, that mile effort. And 
that I had, I just started knocking down the goals. I was like, all right, well, I want to do, I want to do a marathon. And not only do I want to do a marathon, I want to do it sub three hours. I want to go to Boston. And I just started setting goals and working towards them. And it became my happy therapy session in the morning, as well as something intellectually interesting to read about, understand physiology around VO2 max and the way that different metabolites get processed at different speeds that you're going and being able to soak up the knowledge and apply that into something that felt very real Mm -hmm. was super intellectually stimulating for me as the one escape. Like you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, of course, and for me, it's literally the one escape because I work, I will get, I'm obsessed with work. It will consume everything I'm doing and having one outlet of, okay, I, I need to go for an hour, hour and a half for a run. Like that escape valve has now at this point is just baked in. Like I, I, you don't want to be around me mm-hmm. if I'm not running it, which I'm sure many, many folks listening in can empathize with. It's just such a core part of my mental well-being routine mm-hmm. at you, this point. You said something then about, uh, you know, you became a runner. You, 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 you realized you were a runner and, and you were a different person. Can you speak to the kind of person you you were and the the kind of person that you are now? Can you see that difference? Yes, it is. It is nuts. I still have. I still remember it, right? Because I got into running relatively later in my in my twenties, and I oh, I don't I don't want to say that's early or late. It's never too late. It, getting in your forties is still early. If someone's listening, I, I don't want to say early or late, yeah. but I, it wasn't baked into me. And where, where I was before I was a runner to answer the question was, I would look at a f- three mile run and say, "Ugh, like I could do that. I could summon the will to do that and I'll do it, but it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to grin and bear it the whole time. And I'm going to do it because I know it's good for me and it'll make me fit. And okay, I'm going to go do that a couple few times a week. Becoming a runner, it was I remember one of my running friends, because again, I was just friends with some some actually elite runners. And one of them, I remember they said something to me that at the time put my jaw on the floor. They're like, yeah, you know, sometimes I don't get warmed up really until 30 or 40 minutes into a run. Hmm. And I was thinking, that's, the, that's how long my runs usually are. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't make sense. I was like, really? Like there's something beyond that? There's something like, through the looking glass onto the other side and sure enough there is and i get it now it's like if you give yourself the patience to go on a long run it's true sometimes the first few miles the first 30 40 minutes are you're not smooth and sometimes the more you run like once if you're actually running every day like if you start stacking that up then all of a sudden like yes you're more tired but you're also way more smooth and you just feel like things are clicking and you're in this flow state that was news to me. I didn't know that that existed, that that feeling of flow, you just feel like a like a racehorse or a Ferrari. You just feel like like your body is meant to move and, it, and that's what you're supposed to go and do. And the happiest thing for your body to do is to go and be in that flow state of smooth movement. And once I unlocked that, like, you know, a couple of times and I was able to hit it regularly, and it, it was like a new part of my my brain and existence of what it means to even be alive opened up and that it, it was alien to me before. I didn't know. It was like all of a sudden the idea of a three mile run being a long run or a hard thing. Like to me, like three mile run is, it, it's not, I don't, I don't know the last time I, I only ran three miles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like to me, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the warm up now. It's just the, like, I'm trying to get somewhere deeper beyond that, 
that I didn't know existed until I kind of brute forced through to the looking glass and saw this flow state that was possible. And now I try to go there every day. I, I, I hear you. And that's, that's a great way to explain it. And, and did, I mean, do I, I sense from this conversation already, you're, you're a driven, you're a focused you're a person. Did, did, uh, was there a, an impatience that running allowed you to sort of calm yourself a little bit with and, and get a bit of perspective on, th- on things? Because I know that's something that other people talk about. I'm just trying to sense, you know, that space that you found, that flow state, how it helped you then in, in life and ultimately in business is what, you know, what we want to talk about in this conversation. The way that it helps you with patience and urgency. What I've learned with running is that you can't put patience or urgency on the pedestal. What matters is your pacing. So being slow when you need to be slow and being quick when you need to be quick. So when you're running a marathon, there's such a thing as being too quick and blowing up. And it's really interesting the way your body works, where for me, it's, you know, if I'm running a 6-10 split for the mile, that's right at the red line. And if I dip into, you know, 550, that's above the red line. It's not drastically faster, but it's over the line where I will just blow up. If I'm running at six and a half, six forty, it's too slow. I'm gonna run out of time to before I hit the twenty-six point two mile line. And finding that pacing, and then it extends over training as well, where you can't be in a hurry. You can't be like forcing the results. You kind of gotta put in the work, and a lot of your runs are gonna be under race pace. Some days you will feel better, some days you'll feel worse. And trusting the process, being patient with it, but but also not being patient with it, like being impatient with yourself. You know, if you didn't go for a run today, you need to you need to figure that out. You need to be urgent. You need to clear out this this space in your schedule. You need to have the hard conversations, draw the boundaries in your life. I am going on a run. I am leaving work early or I am coming home late. The run is happening. Being able to have both the patience on the process as well as a sense of drive and holding on to that duality, knowing when to be patient, knowing when to be driven it carries over into business constantly. I think about it constantly, about how it's such a gift to have a background in marathoning. People talk about all the time how a startup running a company, it's a marathon, not a sprint. A lot of people throw that around who have never run a marathon. And so yeah, I think about it all the time, which is, yeah, like what is that red line? How fast can we go? Like there's always a little bit faster, but then there's also such a thing as too fast where you burn out and you blow up and just finding what that red line is for me, finding what it is for the team and just being right. I think we all, or a lot of us know that feeling of being in the pocket, like being right at that line where you're moving quite quick, but you feel like you could keep it up for quite some time and you're at the right level that you need to be at and finding that in running, you you can find it. It's very visceral in life. Sometimes it's more complicated, but it's helpful to be able to always, for me to be able to draw on that experience in running and try to make life feel that way when it gets complicated. Yeah. yeah. Would you say running's made you more self-aware and aware of, of who you are? Completely. You, you got to know what's going on. Running teaches you a lot about your body, a lot about your mind, just focusing on the mental aspect. Even obviously you're going to learn about on your physical side, you're going to learn about your activating your glute muscles and midfoot strike and cadence, right? Like the physical, you you do definitely need to learn that to get a certain level of performance and to avoid injury for sure. 
on the mental side, I think that's where things got super interesting, where you can't listen to your own brain all the time. Your brain's going to sometimes tell you that you don't want to go for a run. Your brain's going to sometimes tell you you're going too slow, too fast. And you need to have this like check and balance on your own mind. And sometimes you need to know when to push through. Like, oh, you're not going slow or you're not, go you're not going too fast here. You're actually just not warmed up. Like hold it and then the speed will come. I think about it in two ways. On the one hand, you're the like builder mechanic. You're like building and making your body into an elite runner or you know, is a, whatever level you're trying to achieve. And then on the other hand, you're the pilot. You're like hopping into the machine and then flying it. And on both sides of that, you're learning a lot. And it's, it's fun having those moments. I don't know if you've had those moments where sometimes you're running and you're just like, wow, my body's just doing all of these things that I've been thinking about for weeks and weeks. Hmm. It's just doing them right now automatically and yeah. you can just let it go and you're just you're just the pilot and like the the airplane is just humming along yeah and and as a a ceo as a leader uh did did, uh, did running change your style uh and the way you approach leadership and entrepreneurship you know being a businessman how's that effect happened definitely it's made me break things down into pieces and you got to be relentless as an entrepreneur. And it's not always obvious where the escape is. Like it's not, you don't get just, you don't do something good and then get paid for it the next day. You do work now that is unseen and you do that a thousand more times tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And then it stacks up and compounds. And then there's wins along the way. You get a big retail launch, a big partnership, big investor. There's, there are wins along the way, but it's mainly work done in the dark and no one's you just by definition you don't have a boss you don't there's no one who's like telling you to do it or not do it it reminds me of the the mornings where you wake up at 5 30 and you go on your midweek long run no one's watching you like no one cares maybe my wife would ask oh did you run this morning like but literally no one cares if you go on that long run and if you are hitting your splits or not hitting your nobody cares you have to care it has to come from inside and then you have behind you many weeks of doing this and ahead of you you have many weeks of doing this and there's no escape and you have to actually find a way to love it and not be looking for the exit mm -hmm. every single day at work as well and it's really helpful to have the visceral experience of running to guide those types of conversations and self-talk mm -hmm. on a Day by day basis. I, I want to talk a little about the, the the team and the people around you and and how you get inspired and where you get your your energy from. Because I know you're uh, you mentioned earlier in the conversation, you know, the people that you work with, the invested, the the, the advisors. You've got some fantastic experts that that you surround yourself with and that work with with you. Tell me a little bit about the importance of having the right team and the right people around you when you are in business. It's massive. There's no way to do it all yourself you have to find experts i would say the analogy with running is that if you just go out and run you'll only go so far you need to tap in outside help whether that's reading books i i just looking at my shelf here there's half a dozen books that i've read you know absolutely cover to cover dog eared a ton of pages of and a dozen more that are references as well and coaches other runners advice on nutrition 
advice on training plans, advice on mindset, advice on just different visualizations to have for what good technique is, advice on weightlifting and ways to use your body and supplement your running. And the same is true over into the work is you need to find people who with high believability are better at the job than you are. And it's, you definitely have to check your ego on it because I think a, a common mistake for junior entrepreneurs is like, well, how, how am I going to be this person's boss if I'm not smarter than them? Like, how are they going to know to look up to me or how, how am I going to command the respect? And you need to get over it. And mm -hmm. what actually people are looking for in leaders is the humility and the ability to get out of the way and to see the reason that the person smarter than you wants to work for you is because they know that next to them, there's a dozen other people also smarter than the CEO at their given domains and that that's the magic of it, right? That like the smart scientist is sitting next to the clever web UX designer is sitting next to the whiz at supply chain, right? That like they're, it's less that they're working for you as the, the CEO, although it's, you know, it's important to be present as a figurehead. It's that they're working on this team and what you represent as a CEO is the ability to glue together people that are really smart and to not have any ego about it. Like there's only a couple of things I think I'm actually like the most clever on the team at. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only like most things, like if you think that you are the most clever, you're, like you're just, I'm sorry, but you're like, you're wrong. Like there, there's going to be someone out there better than you at most of the things. I think a good founder, a good CEO, you should have a magic spark around a, one or two things that are really your special founder touch and just everything else you got to, you got to find the person that's got the touch there, that, that that's their zone of genius. And you got to get that person on the team. And tell me a little bit about the people on the team, because I know you uh, you surround yourself with some fantastic athletes, some experts, and, uh, and and they are a part of the journey that you're on. Sure. Well, beginning at the start, my co-founder is Jeff Wu. We studied together in undergrad. That's how we met. He's one of the sharpest people I met at Stanford and super cool to be business partners and co-founders over all of these years. He's our exec chair. He's also spun up. He's already started, sold businesses to public companies. He has also partnered with a number of other businesses. So he's he started something called Anti-Fund with Jake Paul, the big YouTuber and boxer, one of the top celebs in that generation in, in the States, at least. Uh, mm -hmm. So they started something together. Jeff's on the board of a number of different companies, just very astute business person, knows how to get things done at the corporate level. It's extremely sharp there. Our rest of our team around us, we have a super talented VP of product. She studied chemical engineering in undergrad as a bachelor's from Stanford, and then went on to study and get a master's degree in chemical engineering from MIT. She runs our product innovation and general supply chain. We have a head of science, R&D. He's the principal investigator on the six million dollar contract that we have with the department of defense he has a phd in cardiac metabolism from oxford subject matter expert on on metabolism especially around diabetes and ketones in general and we also have a larger partnership network around us like athletes that we work with so like the the, the folks i mentioned are you know full-time people that are on the business 
We also work in community in partnership with some incredible folks. So we work with the DOD. We do a lot of work with special operators. So it's very interesting within the special operations community, they've started to use the word athlete in reference to their their team. So okay. treating Navy SEALs as athletes and like so being really thorough about the diet the recovery, the entire, everything you'd expect from a professional athlete, like that is now being taken into consideration around special forces. We do a lot of work with special forces. We do a lot of work with, we just, with, with elite athletes, we do a lot of work with elite athletes across the board. We just signed up with someone from Team INEOS. We just signed up with Sarah Hall, one of the top three active American marathoners. We work with some some great folks across all the different sports. We have you know, NBA team owners who have invested into the business and Joe Montana. I don't know if that name means anything over there, but he's kind of yeah. American royalty as far as one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the nineties, yeah. he, his fund has invested. So we've, we've got a really interesting cast of characters around on the elite performance side. And in terms of goals for your personal goals and business goals, how have they evolved over time and, and how do you set goals? Tell, t- tell us a little bit about that. That's a great question. How do we set goals? There's so much art to that, especially as you grow and evolve as a company because early days you're doing everything as a founder and as a company matures and you get the, all these talented folks around you, there's not much work that you can do. So much of what you are doing is the goal setting and that lets you think really big picture for where things go. I always think about it from two directions. I always think about it, okay, present state, where can we get to three months from now? I think three months is the perfect amount of time because you know a week, nothing, not a lot can get done in a week usually. Like sometimes when you think about decades scale, it's it's too long. I like thinking about three months, it's like a good chunk of time. What are we all doing next? That's where planning usually starts. Where are we at? Where can we get in three months? I then come at it from a second layer of paint, which is, which is that 10 year view? Like, where would we like to be? Like, what types of other products, what types of physical locations do I mean? I, mean, I want to be on Mars. Like, I want to keep people should be drinking ketones when they do intergalactic space travel. Like, how do we, how big can we go? How audacious can we go on our goals here? And let's make sure that those are in sight and that what we're doing in the next three months and then the next, you know, successive quarters from there is believably tracking towards these exciting long-term outcomes and no one has a crystal ball like it's 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 mind-boggling to think about a 10-year goal because there's so many component pieces of it but it's helpful to inspire yourself inspire your team about what it can be and then make sure that you feel good about you know what you're doing right now in the next the next few months that it's going to stack towards it because you got to have both the practicality of what are we going to bite off and chew on for the next three months? What's actually getting done? You also have to have the inspiration of how cool is this? Where can this go from here? Like an example in there, for instance, like in the next three months, we're launching, well, we're launching right now into Sprouts. It's the second largest premium grocery store in the country, Whole Foods being the biggest. We really like Sprouts in particular. They're super innovative, fast moving, good number of doors. And the next three months, it's going to be a lot of visiting the doors, talking to the, with the folks that work there, getting our community out there, like a lot of just basic ABC work, which is important. It takes discipline, just like your training run. It's just like your 
you got to do your tempo runs. It's, it's a lot of basic work that needs to get done. And it's also helpful to have the big galaxy brain view of, hey, like why, why do we actually care about sprouts? Let's zoom way out. Why do we care about any of this? Like where is this stacking towards eventually and having the 10-year view in mind of, hey, like ketones are going to be a nutritional primitive. They're going to be 10% of global calories. We're going to make a massive dent in the global metabolic health epidemic, the on-the-go lifestyle. Yes, people need energy, but sugar is terrible for you. People shouldn't be slamming caffeine all the time. The fact that you can have a ketone as a bioavailable energy source that feels good without spiking your glucose, without damaging your metabolic health, without keeping you up all night, that's super interesting. We're going to make a massive dent in global health outcomes. And what we need to do right now is everyone on the team needs to go visit 10 sprouts and say hello to the category manager that's walking the aisles yeah. and and it's and then we'll get there. Yeah, the, 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 it's that slog. It's, there's a hard work, isn't there? I mean, you said there's the galaxy brain for the big stuff, but then there's a lot of just graft that has to be done to to get you where, to, where you need to be. Absolutely. The the little things are the big things. It it all stacks up and mm. running taught me that. Running taught me that you know, all it is is a sequence of steps. It's a sequence of steps that compose a sequence of runs that compose a training block that compose a build up to one race that compose a sequence of races over a whole running career that, but it all comes back down to how easy, light, smooth can you do the individual step? And then it all stacks from there. And in terms of uh, ketone IQ, let's talk a little bit more about that. you know, this podcast is obviously uh, about business and running, but uh, it's the drink is for everybody, isn't it? I mean, it's it's. T- tell me a little bit about um, the different ways in which it can enhance your life, depending on you know what, what what you might be doing. Yeah, ketones are interesting because our bodies have always made them for three hundred thousand years. Human evolution, our bodies evolved the ability to make and use ketones because. We have big brains. Our brains are 2% of our body mass, but they're 25% of our brain, sorry, they're 25% of our body's energy demand. So your brain needs a lot of energy. Your brain needs a lot, even more energy in the infant stages of life where you're developing so much. Here's the thing. Your brain mainly can use glucose and ketones. You only have glucose present if you recently ate something with carbohydrate in it or to a degree, you can like rip apart your muscles and make glucose. But in an evolutionary context, we were often running out of glucose. And our body evolved this ability to make and use ketones because ketones cross the blood-brain barrier and they're really efficient and you, you make them from fat, not from your muscles, your protein. So they're efficient. They come from a good source. They're this nature's super fuel and We've gotten started here, interestingly, working with these elite operators, working with elite athletes, because it's like, I think about it sometimes, and like if you created caffeine, you might first feed it to sprinters and runners in general, because you know it's going to work. But now a billion cups of coffee are drank every day. People use it for studying, for driving, for being up late at night. It's used for all sorts of applications. It's similar with ketones, although it's you know very different from caffeine, but it's similar insofar as we're all doing metabolism all the time. We all have a brain. And while athletes are really interested on the ability to lock in flow state, get the central governor, your, the way that your brain 
manages all of your other bodily functions, get that, this really nice form of fuel. That's really helpful if you're doing an Ironman. It's really helpful if you're doing an ultra marathon. It's also really helpful if you're doing lab work. It's really helpful if you're preparing for a podcast. It's really helpful if you're having a busy day because it's so central to what you're doing. It's, it's the way that like water, I mean, water is the primitive of all primitives. It's like, how does, how does water help athletes? But then it also helps someone. If, if you're reading a book and you're, and you're parched, you're going to have a hard time concentrating. If you're trying to go to sleep and you're thirsty, you're going to have a hard time going to sleep. So water is canonical primitive and, and ketones are up there as far as this core natural super fuel that helps our metabolism and our metabolism is fundamental to everything that everyone is doing all of the time. And so it sounds really big when I say it that way. It's like, it sounds, it sounds big. And I, I think it is big and that's, that's why we're working so hard on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's exciting. I love the quote on your website. It's like, my brain has the energy of coffee with the calmness of meditation. I, I can't remember who said it, but it's, it's, it's on the uh, HVMM website, which I, I think is a, a, a great way to, uh, to, to sum it up uh, from what you've said. Um, Running aside, can you name a business tool, an app, maybe a person, something that you couldn't do without in the business side of your life? I have so many. Wow. I'll just pick one. I am a big fan of a lot of different productivity tools. I'm trying to pick my like, favorite or more in most interesting one here. I've gotten really into the. This is a nice little one. It's this this app called Things. It's a to-do list app. I think it's really well done where they've made it they stripped away literally everything else and just like a simple, you could be inside of any app on your computer and you just press like control space and the tiny little UI will pop up and it will let you capture a to-do and you press enter and then it goes away. And, and then when you're ready later, you can open up the actual app and you can see what's been tracked. I love it because the way my brain works, like, you know, on this call, I, I, cool idea comes up. Oh, follow up with Ant, send over more ketone IQ. Like you, you, things pop up randomly. That's kind of the magic of creativity. And it's nice to not have to feel like I'm opening a browser, loading a website. Like I, I like the just instant way that they've built the UI around it where you can capture and then it just goes away. And then when you're ready later, you can organize, oh, what are these like 11 things I wrote down during my calls today? Okay, let me handle some of these. Let me prioritize them. Let me delegate them. But like the, the capture happened very fluidly. So it's called Things. Check it out. I like it. Thank you for sharing that one. And business aside, what's your favorite bit of running kit or running accessory that you can't do without? Another great question. And I have a few. This one's maybe a little easier because there's, there's only so many, but okay. I love my Vibrams, my toe shoes. The They're the barefoot-esque shoes that have the independent toes, and they look really weird. If, if you've seen them, you'll yeah, most definitely mm -hmm. remember them. You know what I'm talking about, Ant? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I love them. I Look, the, the foot is a beautiful machine. They have 20,000 nerve endings in your foot. It sends signal up your entire kinetic chain, proprioception on how to respond to the earth. It, it does wonders for me on my form, on my cadence. I would run barefoot, but for the fact that it's helpful to have a little, like this the slightest layer of rubber, which these Vibrams provide. I, I have like the running, it's called like the V run. So they're the most minimal of all these Vibrams. So it's like, you don't, your foot doesn't get cut up on rocks or if you're running around the city and there's like, you know, gross stuff. Um, I sometimes, there's like horse dung sometimes on my path. So I, I like having the like the bare, minimum of of a layer of protection but aside from that they feel like barefoot and just feel so nice on the ground and the way that it has taught me to have nice cadence not be slamming the ground 
nice midfoot stride, good activation of the whole kinetic chain. And I'll be honest, I'm not going on my fastest runs when I wear these, just to be clear. I don't wear Vibrams for speed. If you want speed, yep. strap on the vapor flies, whatever, strap on the, the, the carbon plates, like get some springs, shoes with springs and rubber, all that unequivocally works. What I like Vibrams for is the training effect. They feel really good and they teach your body how to move so that when you strap on your rocket booster, vapor flies or whatever, your form is smooth as butter and you just, you fly. What advice would you give to anybody in business or in, in a leadership role uh, listening to this, who's considering getting more active and specifically taking up running? What would you say? Start small look at it like a savings account get into it if you do get into it if things are going well you will feel yourself wanting to run more than you should and that's a good sign but pace yourself don't lift your weekly mileage more than a few percentage points don't increase the length of the longest run that you do in a given week more than a few percent go slow let it compound get comfortable at a given level before you push yourself too hard if you've if you're lucky enough to have fallen in love with running, which not everyone does, don't let the gift become a curse where you do it too much to the point of injury and then the gift gets taken away or put on pause. Like Pace yourself. And that's great advice for life, isn't it? Pacing and balancing. And, and you know, if you go in one direction too far, uh, it, it can be too much. It can be unstable. But pacing and balancing are, are key things to a happy life, aren't they? Well said. I'm going to put in the notes uh, where people can get Ketone IQ and find out more about it. But uh, to finish, just, just uh, you know, let people you know, who are listening to this who are interested, where can they go now if they want to jump on something, jump on the web and, and find some more information? Sure, you can find our site. It's hvmn.com. You can find us on social media at hvmn. It stands for Health Via Modern Nutrition. I'm also active personally. My handle is Michael D. Brandt on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Love to hear from people. It's called social media for a reason. So I love, I if you, if you tag me in something or say hello, I'll, I'll respond back. I love meeting people out on the internet. Something I learned in, in COVID and have, have held since too is just, yeah, be like the, the phone, the digital life isn't going anywhere. I love interacting with people in that world. But it's a great way to meet friends and make meaningful connections. So drop a line. Michael, it's been it's been inspiring to catch up. I, I, I've picked up your energy from this conversation and I love it. So thank you for, for sharing. It's been awesome to catch up and best of luck with everything with HVMN and uh, Ketone IQ. Thanks so much, Ant. This was a lot of fun. Thanks again to Michael Brandt, this week's guest on Run the Business. Lots to take away from that conversation. I've obviously learned a lot about ketones, but lots of other stuff as well. Michael's description of how he became a runner, I thought was fascinating. Possibly the best way I've ever heard somebody describe that entry point into running, how he became a different person mentally and physically. He fell in love with the miles. He fell in love with the flow. His body felt better. The way he described that and brought that to life, I, I thought was great. Uh, patience was something that running gave Michael. Um, he felt like a racehorse or a Ferrari when he finally made it into that flow state. And it opened up a new part of his brain, a new sense of being alive. Uh, he talked about brute forcing his way through the looking glass to a place that he now wants to go every day. So that, was, that was powerful stuff. Uh, 
it has to come from inside as well. Michael um, d describing the deal that he does with himself, does with himself, uh, your mind. Uh, it reminded me of that Muhammad Ali quote about the fight is won or lost far away from witnesses, behind the lines, in the gym and out there on the road long before I dance under those lights. The idea of the graft that has to go into success and how it's just you and whatever you want to do. Sometimes those 5 a.m. runs, nobody cares uh, if you do it or don't do it. But in order to uh, reach that success, to get you where you want to be, you've got to put it in. There are no quick hacks to long-term success. The way Michael uh, and the team identified the ketones opportunity was also fascinating. I, I know we only touched briefly on it, but he used the phrase, the drunken walk of the entrepreneur, which I've not heard before, but it was a great way to describe that journey that HVMN had been on to get to that point, and also a great way to describe any entrepreneur's journey to success. It's never as straightforward as it might appear when the finished product or the polished service is out there on the shelf. It's, it's a lot more complex behind the scenes and in the time leading up to that. We talked a lot about surrounding yourself with great people, uh, people who support you, but also people who challenge you, people who are better than you, uh, maybe in a specific area. As a leader, though, You've got to have the humility and the ability to get out of the way and just let them be great at what they do. I also thought the way he described goals, uh, three-month goals and 10-year aspirations uh, was, was really useful. It's all about the small steps, the habits, uh, doing things consistently that move you forward on that journey. So goals are great, but also it's about what you're doing at that moment in time. I was reading something earlier about the, the basics of success uh, adjust that. They're, they're basic, uh, but it's about doing them consistently. Breaking your day down into the smallest parts possible, uh, your many, many decisions, and asking what each one says about your self-worth. Uh, every single decision you take is a vote for the person you want to be. That was something that um, James Clear uh, said I saw, which uh, really resonated with me. Uh, all the details about Ketones IQ are in this week's show notes. A reminder that Run the Business is a real two media production. And if you're not already doing so, oh, please uh, follow the podcast, download it, comment and share. It really, really does help grow the show. And I, I'm grateful for you listening and, and for you doing that as well. I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, happy running and keep chasing your goals. 